Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Uh, great to see you all. Um, it's been a great service so far, hasn't it? Um, really good worship. I love that new song, uh, a song that I've uh, enjoyed for a while, and I'm just so glad we're singing it in, in church now as well. And um, it's just good, good to be uh, amongst family, uh, church family, and and uh, I just want to welcome all of you on behalf of um, myself as Andalini. She's already done her part, but um, uh, we just we're just glad that you're here. But there is somebody I just want to say, a, well, two people that I want to say a special uh, hello to, and that's Ken and Jill. If you've not seen, they're across here on the right hand side. Just due to health, Ken and Jill have not been able to be here for a little while. But you know what? They've been in our hearts, and we've missed them dearly. And, and so we're just blessed to have them here. Um, can I just ask you to continue to pray for them? Pray for, for Jill's operation, which is scheduled for the 9th of August. Is that right? So we're just believing that um, everything's going to go smoothly, that that op is going to get booked, and, and that uh, Jill's going to just turn a corner in this. And so let's continue to pray. But fantastic uh, to have you guys. Uh, those seats are just never the same when you're not sitting there. And Ken came in, and, and I saw him first, and I said, it's great to see you. But I, I felt like it just was, wasn't the same until Jill was there uh, next to him as well. So as, as you heard Christian announce there, we are um, heading into the Summer in the Psalms series, and, and it's my privilege just to be able to, to provide an introduction to the series this week uh, and just lead out. He mentioned that uh, there'll be a few different people. Uh, in fact, he used the word younger people uh, preaching um, throughout the, the, the summer, and I'm claiming that for myself, that I'm one of the younger uh, people that will be preaching in this, in this series. So that's the way I feel about it, and I'm claiming it. Uh, but we, it's going to just be really good, because um, we're going to hear a few different perspectives. And, and really, it's, it's, we've, we've asked a few people to share from their favorite psalms. Uh, and so they've been able to choose the psalm that really um, is, is special to them. And I think there's great power in that when somebody is sharing something that is ministered to them, that's close to their heart, and, and hopefully will be uh, an inspiration um, for you guys as well. But really, um, you know, I, I don't know how much you know uh, about the Psalms. And I just want to, before I get into my Psalm that I've chosen, um, I just really want to provide a little bit of an introduction uh, to the book of Psalms. You, you may be aware of it. It's um, really right in the center of your Bible. If you, if you open the middle of the Bible, you'll probably get to Psalms, um, generally speaking. And, and it's 150 uh, different, I suppose you can call them songs or, or poems, or um, 150 chapters uh, in the book of Psalms. And really what Psalms is, it's the songbook of Israel. So the Psalms were written over like a, a quite different periods of time, so it's not all from one period, different periods of the history of Israel, but it's really a songbook. Um, and these were songs that, these were Psalms were usually sung uh, as, as either praises to God or, or laments or, or different types and different styles. Um, in fact, probably you'll, you'll be familiar with um, a lot of them being, being written, um, written in, by David. Uh, so he, he probably wrote about half of the Psalms, but there's a lot of them that we don't know who wrote them, um, and, and certainly um, David didn't write all of them. I mean, there's some great themes in the book uh, of Psalms. There's themes about the goodness of God, the greatness of God, uh, the fact that there's only one God. There's themes of, of justice, power, faithfulness, love, the beauty of God. 
It talks about man, man's kind of creation, uh, and then man's fall and into sinfulness. And, and then it talks, some of them talk about the redemptive power of God and how he brings us from, from this position of, of hopelessness to a position of hope. So there's so many different themes in the book. And I would encourage you, I know I, I've challenged myself um, over this summer period to just read through as much of Psalms as I can. And so in my private devotional time, I've been doing that. Now, maybe you want, want to do that. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But I believe that there's so much goodness in these, in these books, um, in, in this book and in these chapters. And I, I'd encourage you to do that if you're able to. But really, Psalms, there's, there's different styles as well. And in fact, a third of the Psalms, so about 50 of them, are what we call laments. So really, it's, it's, it's laying troubles before God. And a lot of these are David's. And so what I love about Psalms is it's, there's a real honesty and there's a real rawness to some of these Psalms. And, and you know what? God wants to hear, uh, even when we're going through the troubled times, the fact that a third of the book of Psalms are, is just crying out to God. Uh, you know, we can learn so much from that because he's the one that wants to hear most of all when we are going through difficult times, struggles, and we're going through things in our life because we all do. Yeah, we all go through those times. And, and so apart from the laments, that's probably the biggest chunk um, of, of, of the Psalms. But there's also hymns of praise, hymns of thanksgiving. And, and those are kind of communal hymns and individual hymns of thanksgiving. So some of them is David just crying out himself and his circumstances. And some of them are him as a king written on behalf of the people uh, of Israel. But there's some wisdom Psalms as well where they almost as if it should be in Proverbs, where it's just you know, pouring out some wisdom and some great principles. There's historical psalms, which, which go back into the, the, the history of the nation of Israel. Um, and there's also prophetic psalms, which speak into the future and, and things that hadn't happened yet, but were to later be fulfilled, uh, including even uh, Jesus' time on earth, which was many hundreds of years later. So... That's really a brief summary of, of the book of Psalms. And, and I would encourage you guys to do as much reading as you can uh, through this summer period. It's going to be a great series. It really is. Um, and it's going to be great to hear different perspectives uh, as well. But Psalms really do teach us so many things. And, and I think one of the biggest things is, 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 is worship to God. Because ultimately, they're songs. And you know what? We can always learn. If, if, I suppose if you were to say Proverbs is the book of wisdom, then, then Psalms really is, is the book of worship. And it really teaches us how we should come before God. Um, isn't it great to know that if you're coming into this building today, we sang some songs earlier, and if you're coming in with something heavy on your heart, that doesn't mean that you can't raise your praise to God. It doesn't mean you can't stand there uh, while we're worshiping and just pour out your heart to God with your heartache, with your troubles, with your concerns. And so it, it's, a, it's a wonderful book that just really teaches us how to worship our God. Um, but there is a lot of theology and there's a lot of um, uh, solid stuff in there, not, not just really worship. There's so much uh, in the book uh, of Psalms. So that is like a five-minute introduction because I do really want to, to spend some time uh, getting into to, to a psalm that's really close to my heart uh, this morning. And so the psalm that we're going to look at is, is, uh, is Psalm 112. 
And what we've done for you guys as well is we've tried to bring a little bit of structure to this, so hopefully you won't get too much repetition. I don't think anyone's covering the same psalm, so we've kind of picked out our psalms that we want to, to preach into. And so today is Psalm 112. Does anyone here have Psalm 112 as their favorite psalm? No. Maybe after today you will. <laughs> no. Um, there's so many good ones, aren't there? And really Psalm 112 is, is, is actually um, part of what we call two twin psalms. So Psalm 111 and 112 are, are really very similar in terms of their structure um, and in terms of the way they're written. And most people believe they're probably written by the same person, but we don't know for sure. And Psalm 111 talks about the righteousness of God, and Psalm 112, uh, which I'm going to focus in on, just talks about the people that God makes righteous. So it's talking about ourselves. And what it is, um, for those of you that are are interested in, in poetry and things like that, um, it's not area of my strength, but I've re- read up on it, and it's what they call an acrostic poem. Uh, so basically, in the original Hebrew language, um, all the lines were written in succession um, with a, a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. So starting, I suppose, what with the first letter, and then the next line was the second letter, and going down. So it was very po- poetic uh, in the way that it was written. And, and so it goes through each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. But let's read it, and, uh, and then we can, we can talk a little bit more into it uh, this morning. It's going to come up on your, your, your screen, and I'm reading from the, the New Living Translation. And it says this, Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless, and they can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence, and they will have honor. And the wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger, and they will slink away their hopes thwarted. Isn't it an amazing psalm? Absolutely love it. It's, it's, it's amazing. To, it's really talking about the life of the righteous. It's look, talking about the, 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 the blessing. Some of the words in there, the blessed, talks about wealthy, confident, fearless, people of influence, people of honor. What a life. You see, sometimes I think as Christians, we can read this, but we, we can probably match up our lives and we're like, okay, this is great, God, but my life's not always the same as that. Does anyone feel that? Because some, you know, Christian life, we, we, as Christians, we still have difficulties. We still have frustrations. And, and let me just say from the beginning, before we get into this, what I'm not preaching today is a prosperity gospel. I'm not preaching that you become a Christian and everything's fine and you'll be rich and health, wealth, prosperity, all of these things, because the reality is the Christian life can be difficult sometimes. 
But what we can't do is throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and deny the fact that we have a God who wants to bless us. That when we live, and we live according to his precepts and his commands, that, that there will be favor upon us. Yeah? Do you believe that? So, so I think it's so important that we have the balance in all of this, that we realize it's not going to be perfect, but God does want to bless us, and he does want to live, uh, give us favor uh, as, as we follow him. And, but as I, as, as I alluded to so many times, we read this and we think, God, this Psalm 12, 112 just doesn't match up with where I'm at in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I read this, sometimes I think, God, wow, God, I'm, uh, it's not quite what, 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 what I am experiencing. I feel a little bit sometimes like I remember when we lived in Scotland. There we were, I think, I don't remember if it was in the movies or if it was at home on TV, but Eleni and I were sitting there and, and an advert came up. And it was that, this advert, they started playing this, this wonderful Celtic music and, and um, it was this beautiful country showing all these flashes of, of lovely country, this beautiful white beach with, with, with blue water. And, and I, I was thinking to myself in my heart, I want to go there. Where is this place? I'm booking my tickets. And then it flashed up at the end of the, at the, end of the, the advert. It said, visit Scotland. And I was like, okay. I am there. And, and, and you look at the advert because it looks so tropical and sunny and, and, and it looks so amazing. And I'm like, well, we are, but we're actually there. And so sometimes we think, well, it's a great advert, isn't it? But it doesn't match up to my, uh, to my life and, and, and where I'm at. And, uh, and so I think sometimes we can feel that even when we read uh, in the Word of God. But, you know, I just want to to, to, to dig in to Psalm 112 a little bit more today um, because there's just so much goodness in it. And I believe if we just scratch below the surface of Psalm 112 today, that God's going to bless us. And really, um, I believe, encourage us this morning. And so what we're really going to do uh, is just look into, because we've, we've read so much and, and, and most of the, the psalm is dedicated, I suppose, to the fruit how does it look when you live in a righteous life? The blessing, the, the, all, all, all the fruit that accompanies it. But it's so important that we look at the root as well. The root of, of, of where this, this blessing, as it were, comes from. And, and, and so I want to spend some time, uh, first of all, just looking at verse, verse 1 again. And it's, a, it's an amazing verse, a contrasting verse um, of, of words that almost seem like they don't belong together. Um, I'll read it again. It says, How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. And so we've got these two almost conflicts. We've got the words fear and commands on one side, but then we've got these other words, joyful and delight uh, on the other side. It's almost a conflict. Joyful shouldn't be along with fear, should it? And it seems like delight shouldn't be along with commands, because commands is such a domineering word, and it seems like we've not got a choice. We're commanded to do it. But yet, those words are just providing those opposite to um, extremes. And, you know, when we talk about the fear of God um, or the fear of the Lord, um, there's really two types of fear of God. And if, if you don't know Jesus and and, 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 you know, you're living in a life of sin. The reality is that there's probably a little bit of a fear of, of, of 
you know, what is God going to think of me? What is God uh, going to, to, to do to me? You know, am I going to pay the consequences for this life I'm living? But when we're Jesus followers, there's a different fear of God. You see, the fear isn't a, I'm scared he's going to catch me out because, because our sins are, are forgiven. But the fear of God is, is a reverence. It's like a, a honor. It's like a fear of, 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 of and a respect, really, a healthy fear um, of God uh, and obviously who he is and, and what he's done for us. And so when we read about how joyful are those who fear the God, that's why. Because it's this loving God who, who, who we respect and we honor and we, we fear and we, and, and we have this reverence towards him. And, and it tells us that we can be joyful if we live in that state. But it also talks about commands. Um, it talks about, you know, the commands of God often doing the hard things. Um, we've come out of that series just in, in the last little while about doing the hard things. And, and so often God's commands does involve doing the hard things. Loving those that, that have hurt us, you know, forgiving uh, sometimes it's really hard to do that. It's hard to sacrifice. Um, it's hard to be generous um, when, when we have so many needs ourselves. But you see, this is really the root of the blessing that God's talking about in this psalm. Is, is, is the, it's, he's talking about fearing God and being delighting, I suppose, in, in doing his commands. And so this is really the root, which, which is a, a very difficult thing to do. But it's the root of all this blessing that God wants to bring into our lives. And, and this is the thing. You see, God, we, we say it all the time in Arena Church, that God just loves us just the way we are. So, you know, what, wherever you come from, whatever you've done, walking into church today, God is glad to see you. He loves you. He accepts you. If you accept his, his, um, his forgiveness, if you accept the fact that Jesus died on the cross for, for your sins, you don't have to jump through hoops. He loves you just the way you are. But you know what? There's another truth when we talk about obeying the commands of God. There's a truth that, that, that when we come to Jesus, we're accepted, we're forgiven, we're going to heaven one day. But then as we start to live as Christians we start to obey his commands, and that's where the blessing comes from. You see, God's got this rich word of God here that he's given us with all these principles and, and commands, as it were, that is not just for him to, to make us do things, but so that we can live these blessed lives, so that, that these, are, these are godly habits, godly ways of living, so that there will be great fruit from these. You see, Hebrews, uh, I'm not going to read it just now, but... Um, Hebrews, the end of Hebrews 5 um, and just the beginning of, of Hebrews 6 um, really talks about us moving on from the milk, uh, moving on from the basic, um, I, I suppose, the basic things like the forgiveness of God. It's amazing. It's great. We celebrate it. Um, but then becoming mature. And you know that maturity means we start to walk according to the ways God wants us to walk. We start living according his, we start delighting in obeying his commands. And, and we start um, really being in a place where we, we, we joyful because we fear God. And, and that's so often, that's where the real fruit starts to come. This righteous life that God wants to, 
to, to, to bless us with. So do we get the two? God accepts us just the way we are, but he doesn't want to leave us there. He wants to take us on. He wants us to develop a new life, a new mind, uh, new habits. And, and it's out of these that God is going to bless us and he's going to bring a righteousness that is established in our families, is established in our church, which he will bless as we, we, we lay this foundation of living for God. You see, if we are forgiven by God, but we never change and we stay where we were all along, that we're never really going to step into the fullness of what God wants for us. We, we could still be forgiven. We could still go to heaven because he's forgiven our sins, but we never get into the place where we're really living in the fullness uh, of God, what God wants for us. And so this is really the root of Psalm 112, that beautiful first verse, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. You know, the best illustration is, is I think, you know, for me, there's so many great illustrations in, in parenthood. Um, and, you know, this is something that Eleni and I have only discovered in the last seven years, but uh, we've been, you know, following Jesus for a lot longer. But it's so true, isn't it? Where, you know, nothing our kids can do can make them more loved by us. We love them even when they, they're cheeky. <laughs> we love them even when they break things. And, you know, we, we have that quite regularly in our house. And when they're screaming so loud, we had guests over this, this, this week, and, and the, the volume is just so loud. Sometimes I wish God gave us a remote, you know, for the kids to turn them, turn them down or mute or, or something like that. So, you know, we, nothing changes how much we love our kids. But then there's also a side where we start teaching our kids and we want to teach them how to walk and how to do. And it's, it, it may be seen as commands that dad gives his kids, but we want the best for them because we want to see them thrive in their, in their lives. God is exactly the same. He's exactly the same. He's our perfect father in heaven who, who never, never takes a step wrong. And he, he has these things that he says, do this, do that, and you will be blessed because, because these will bring about the fruit that I have promised. And so what are some of the fruit of, of doing those hard things, of following God's command? Well, it talks about your children being successful. It says in another version, it, it uses the word distinguished. I love that. You know, successful, distinguished. It talks about, um, wait, let me read it here. Um, I've lost my place. Um, it says the children will be successful everywhere. The entire generation of godly people will be blessed. You know, as we as, as parents, but also we as, as, as people in church, when we live a life and according to God's principles, those around us, whether they're actually our, our biological children or, or, or other young people that are just coming to know Jesus um, and are fairly young in their walk with God, when we live according to God's precepts, there will be something, those, that, that will start to be habits that are built up in other people's lives. And there's going to be generations of people that are going to grow up to be mature in God and making a difference down through the generations. That there will be success, that we will be distinguished as we live according to the principles that, that God has given us. You know, the reality is our kids are young and and, you know, I know some of us have kids that, that aren't work, walking with Jesus. And, and ultimately, all kids have, have, have their own choice to make. We can't make up that choice for them. 
but I tell you this, the more we honor God and his commands in our houses and in our homes, there's more chance that our children are going to one day make that decision because they see mom and dad setting the example. But there's no formula. There's no guarantees. And we realize that. And, and uh, you know, we just pray that our kids will one day uh, choose to follow Jesus and, and are going to live for him. But, but we can do our best to just to, 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 to lay that into them. Uh, you know, one of, the, the, one of the ways that God's just been challenging me is, is especially the use of my mobile phone. And, you know, our kids are little. And, and to be honest with you, we use mobile phones for everything these days, don't we? So I even read my Bible on my mobile phone. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying now to, to make more of a habit of actually picking up the Bible and reading the Bible so that when the kids see me reading the Bible, they know I'm reading the Bible instead of just, what are you doing, Dad? You're playing on your phone? You're reading the BBC? What are you doing? And, and so all of these things I, I know for us is like, well, the amount of time we spend on our phone will affect the amount of time that our kids do uh, as well. And, and it's just a simple example, isn't it? But we can lay that into so many different areas. The amount of time we spend reading the Bible will affect how, how important our kids see it too. And so it talks about children and the blessing of that. It talks about wealth. It says God wants to bless. Um, he, he, it says you'll be wealthy. Now, can I just say something quickly? We don't believe that God is going to bless everyone abundantly financially and, and we're all going to be the richest people in Mansfield. Because, you know, that's not a gospel that we find. Uh, in, if we read the rest, the rest of the Bible, the Bible's very clear. It says for some people, wealth can be the worst thing they get uh, because they'll turn their back on God and they'll have wealth in this age, but they'll, they'll end up, you know, going the wrong direction. And so we need to understand that God doesn't bless everyone to be the richest in the town uh, because we're Christians. Uh, however, what he does want to do is he wants to bless us. And can I say some of the commands that God has regarding money in, this, in, in the word of God? When you, when you sow, you will reap. When you're generous, he will bless you. When you work hard, in Proverbs it talks about hard work and the value of that. And so all of these things, if you do them, there's a greater chance that God is going to bless you abundantly. Uh, it's not only through what we do, and obviously there's the grace of God upon us as well, but as we lay these godly principles in, uh, that God can bless us. It says, good comes to those who conduct their business fairly. Um, you know, it talks for those of us, those, those of you who, who are working in the workplace, all the challenges for that, and maybe you run your own business, the challenges of doing it in a righteous way. Um, God speaks about the importance of that and the importance of, of acting morally uh, in, in the workplace. But I love when it says they will long be remembered. So it talks about the fact that the shortcut, really, to success, there may be many shortcuts, but as Christians, if we build and we act honorably, we will long be remembered because our righteousness will not be a shortcut which then collapses, but it will be something that's honored uh, for, for, for a long period of time. In Brazil... I don't know if you've seen the media, but there's this operation they call Lava Jato, which is basically like Operation Car Wash. And, and um, they've been doing it over the last, say, three or, three or so years and, and in government and high-level business. And basically, a lot of the politicians, even the president, has been caught up in corruption scandals. And some of the richest businessmen in Brazil have been caught up. And there was, it was in the press just recently again 
one of the wealthiest guys in Brazil has gone to jail because, you know, of, of the way he conducted his business. Corruption just all over. And, and, you know, for me, it's always an illustration. It's an extreme illustration. But you know what? We, we can get rich quickly and we can be blessed quickly and we can b- build business quickly and be successful by taking shortcuts. But in the long run, God will bless us if we honor and we do things correctly. But I love what it says about th- that they won't fear bad news that they will trust in God, that the righteous will, will not fear bad news. In other words, bad news will come to you and me. It'll come to those of us that are believers and love Jesus, and it'll come to those that don't. But when, you, when you're a believer, when you're firmly rooted in Christ, you won't fear the bad news because your trust will be in God. It talks about being confident, being fearless, facing your enemies triumphantly. We will have enemies. That's just life. But when we delight in obeying God's commands, we don't need to be scared of them. We can be confident. We can walk in that confidence knowing that God is with us. That we've not got any skeletons in the closet. Timothy, I think it's Timothy talks about even those that oppose you will not have anything good to, bad to say about you because you're living a life of righteousness. You're following God's commands. Talks about influence and honor says they will have influence and honor. Those, those good deeds will be remembered forever. And I think there's a great um, account and great story of Daniel, um, this wonderful young man who was taken into slavery, who was living in a foreign culture which worshipped other gods. And, and everything was stacked against him to have influence and honor. But yet he honored God, he obeyed God's commands, and God raised him up. Uh, within that, that place of exile, within this foreign culture, which he was so unfamiliar with, but the honor and the influence came to him when he obeyed God and he walked to God according to God's precepts. Um, Daniel was a wonderful, wonderful example of that. You know, as I, as I conclude here today, I, I, I want to just encourage you guys that I'm not saying life is going to be perfect. I'm not saying talking health, wealth, and prosperity. But I am talking about a God who is good. A God who lays out his commands, who forgives us, who loves us just as we are. But he says, okay, Stephen, yes, I forgive you. But I want you to step into everything that I've got planned. I want you to be prosperous and blessed in this world. I want you to be influential. I want you to have honor. I want you to have success. And if you live according to these precepts that I've laid out for you, these things will follow you. You'll have enemies. You'll have bad news. You'll have difficulties. You'll not be immune from that. But in all of that, there will be great, great blessing. You know, it's my desire for for us as a family, but for us as a church too, uh, that we would begin to walk into everything that God has for us. That we will not be stuck in the place of, of, of drinking milk like babies. You know, not stuck in the bella uh, of, of having diapers and, and drinking milk and, and, you know, all of these things. We, but we want to be mature. We want to grow. We want to follow God's commands, live according to them. And he will bring great things for us, for each of us. And so for me, Psalm 112 is, is a great psalm, an amazing psalm, because it talks about the blessing that follows Those who do the hard things, who follow God, who delight in following his commands, and who fear God, 
uh, as well. And, you know, I know that um, it's a blessing to me, and I trust that, that this morning has been a challenge and a blessing to you as well. You know, ultimately, we are called to be the salt. We're called to be the light. We're called to be used by God. He's got so much more for us. And I honestly believe that as we take that verse 1 of Psalm 112, um, just a small verse, but a powerful verse, that God's, God can open so much more for all of us. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the guys up, the worship team, where it's warm in here today and, and I'm out of time. Uh, but...